When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Hump Day edition no. of the Lori and Julia Show. We are My Talk 1071. What do we do? <laughs> Everything entertainment. That's what we do. Oh, gosh. You guys ready? I'm ready. ready? I'm yeah. ready, Julia. I don't know what I'm ready for. I'm ready to tell you my <laughs> Halloween story last night. Okay. Well, first of all, did you have Chardonnay with your Butterfinger? Uh, I had Amaretto with my Heath Bar. Oh, that oh, sounds nice. good. Amaretto. You look oh. at you. Well, Julia, I did my version of trick-or-treating last night. So okay. I get home. Okay, this ought to be good. And it's still light out. You know, we're enjoying our last week until Saturday. You know, it'll be light out. When we get five. off work. Yeah. Because we get off work six. at six. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Casey's like, you can't bug me tonight. I've got to study for my scuba <laughs> certification. Because he's taking a a class in an abbreviated upon a time, isn't he? Cramming well, it's it all. Not in? abbreviated. It's not abbreviated, but he needs to get he needs to get certified before we go on a trip. Okay. So it's just that doing it on top of having seven weeks of doing housework he he feels like he's not getting a chance to relax because there's dvds to watch tests to take oh really little things to do over the weekend so he needs to be left absolutely alone so i'm like okay he's studying so you're gonna do and i answered the door for a couple of kids Mm -hmm. i thought no one's coming so i just gave them handfuls like what everyone does at the beginning because you think no one's coming no one's coming and Mm -hmm. just cute little kids i had one little caterpillar must have been about five he ran, ran ran straight in the house how cute oh, is that? Wow. How cute is that? I know. It was I so like cute. So, I, so I'm like, okay, I made myself a little amaretto on the rocks in a mm-hmm. to-go cup. And then I just went to different neighbors' house whose houses were decorated cute waiting just, for kids. Sure. And I just go and ring the doorbell. Trick Took or a treat. treat. It's me, the neighbor. Right. And you just went in and hang out for a while. Yeah, long. just, you know, for a minute. A couple people gave me full-size candy bars and felt bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a nice way to go visit and see the neighborhood. I love Halloween. For that reason, you get out and see your neighbors. You and see you do the stuff. neighbors yeah. and some people really go all out with the festive. I mean, carving the pumpkins, having something scary, having like really great treats. Uh, Some people in my neighborhood did so much to their yards. I yeah. mean, it was just like it's amazing. Holy Toledo's! Yeah. So, so I come back after about an hour mm-hmm. and a half of my version of trick or treating. Sure. I'm out of amaretto. I moved on to white wine at someone's house. No, I stuck <laughs> with my. I did a healthy pour. All right. And I get home, and Casey is asleep on the couch with the scuba book over his face and now i'm wondering (laughs) if he did anything did he do anything did he pass out any candy because i saw kids in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. 
And no, no, I got up. I, I just fell asleep for a second. I just fell asleep just for a second. Just I'm shut, meditating. I'm yeah, I'm meditating. <laughs> He's the before. only person That's, I know who meditates and snores. Yeah, at the same time. It's yeah, not I'm, I'm really meditating. In, I'm really in the snoring. zone. Just resting my eyes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm like, well, I'm going to go in here and just I'll be real quiet and I'll have it on low, but I'm going to watch the World Series. Yeah. <gasps> I just knew the Dodgers were going to win you. last night. You wanted sorry, to I wanted them to win. Did you say World Series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then we got to play the music. Yeah. Oh, it was so exciting. <laughs> it was a great game again. It was just really. For if you're, well, I know. They but needed to win, so this, we the would best have game World seven. Series you know, ever in a long time can have Game 7. I get seven. nervous now because I want the Astros to win, and, you know, the odds are. Well, the, I mean. Yeah, the uh, all the momentum would be for LA because they're playing at, at home, home, and we remember this from '87 and '91 because it was the same type of thing. But the Astros beat the Yankees at Yankee Stadium to go to the World Series, and they had a bunch of home runs. They their bats are on fire, mm-hmm. and they have the underdog dream. Like, yeah, I, want, I really, it'll be exciting them. tonight. But the Dodgers have Mary Hart and that turtle Larry King right behind. And oh, Jason okay. Bateman. Oh, is he there? there? He's right oh. in the down jacket right there. And then on top of the, they let people go on top of the dugouts and wave the huge Dodger flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis oh, were doing that last yeah, night. Wow. So, you know, people are like really excited. Our, our LA cousins and, you oh, know. Yeah. Sandy is going crazy, so the the game is tonight. But so I go in the other room, and in between, because there's so many commercials, I'm watching Lee Remini last night's episode. What was what was it on? It was after uh, Scientology: The Aftermath. It was about two girls that she met when they were all like 13 in Sea Org, oh, and both of those women have left, and Leah disconnected from them because they left. But like the one girl. I mean, her mom, like, basically signed her up to Sea Org in the billion-dollar contract when she was 11 and the other one was 13. But it was just about the whole alienation and just the rotten, like, how they had no schooling and doing all this physical work and just how hard it was. It's just rotten. Yeah, so I'm going back and forth, and, Mm -hmm. and then, you know... The doorbell has stopped ringing, thank goodness, because now I'm down to like four pieces of candy. Sure. So generous. But every time I tiptoe to go out and look in the other room, he's still uh-huh. asleep. Yeah. It's, it's sleep studying. It's sleep studying. Study. Yeah. He wrote on the inside of his eyelids. And then he wakes up and he comes mm-hmm. in for a glass of water and like a snack and he goes, I am so, this is just so much work. How do they expect you to learn anything? I go, when you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I said, once you do it, they just probably want you to read about stuff so that when you're... And Casey's such an overachiever anyway. I'm sure he's asking, can I have extra credit? Can I have more books to read, please? No, he doesn't want any more books to read. And we don't have a DVD player at our house anymore. I mean, Mine is at the cabin. Do you guys have a DVD player? No, absolutely. Well, the kids always said, it's in your Xbox. Mom, we don't need one. It's in the Xbox. That's true. Well, we don't have an Xbox. We don't have anything. So Casey's having to go and watch his scuba CDs in his little basement office at the building that he's the caretaker. <laughs> Do you have a laptop with a DVD player in it? Not anymore. No, not we anymore. just have iPads. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we've got to obviously get one because I true. have so yeah. many great movies right. and stuff. But anyway, um, so he's like, he goes, yeah, I, I got to get up at 
four because I got to watch some DVD tomorrow <laughs> oh, before I start my work. <laughs> oh, I said, don't fall asleep. He said, it's too uncomfortable in my office. I said, I've seen you sleep in many kinds of positions. Right. That I never thought anyone Stay could sleep awake. in. Anyway, it was very, very, he, but he was very grouchy. About not, about not, about not, about having, to, about having to study. But every time I saw him studying, it he was, was asleep. Sleep sleep. I'm like, maybe turn off the fireplace. <laughs> but it's too warm. Yeah, yeah too you warm. You get too warm yeah. and cozy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My TV was possessed last night. I moved my TV in from my, um, my patio your room. Po- yeah, kind of three season yeah. porch. It's four season, but okay. it, it feels cooler to me. So I wanted to move it into the living room. Mm-hmm. So I moved it all yesterday before work and hooked everything back up. And so last night I get home and I'm ready to watch the Whatever. game. Oh, the game, the game. Yeah. And I turn on Channel 9 and it says, we're sorry, but we were not able to connect you. I can get to 10, 11, 7, 8, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. No, nine. Oh, no. What? Can you imagine? So you had to watch it on Twitter? No, so then I went into my other rooms and got TV cords, new HDMI cords from the I'm other TVs so and hooked them up. And Julia. then it still didn't work, but the TV worked on Channel 9 in all the other areas. That's weird. I mean, isn't that weird? So then yeah. today I'm trying to watch our morning shows and I'm trying to turn from four to five, but I can't because my TV won't work. Isn't it? Possessed. It's possessed. Like all my things are. Yeah, really. I never, every <laughs> no. day with you. Donnie, I when I was She's at now toasting your bread in the blender. Yeah, I know. I it's every day, <laughs> Donnie, it's something it, new. it really, and it is me. It is you. But this one isn't me. This uh-huh. one was not me. Mm-hmm. All right, listen. We, we <laughs> I mean, got, but my things are possessed. Okay. We got to go. We got to go. When we come back, it's our story we can't get. Give us some good couch. Time for Lori and Julia's. Last night was wonderful. Good couch. Wow, we sound good. I know. Oh, you yeah. know who gave us good couch, but it it didn't really work for our purposes. But Dave Grohl dressed up for Halloween as David Letterman, and he was amazing, right down to the space in his teeth and the big beard, and even kind of talking like him. Yeah, and he hosted Kimmel. Um, Kimmel this week. He's having guest hosts yeah. all week. Yeah, oh. it was it was like really, was it fun? It oh, was I didn't really watch it. good okay. because I'm like. How did what that's David Letterman? Right? And then I'm like, no, that's Dave Grohl. He looks so much Absolutely. like him. Absolutely, a doppelganger. Yeah, it was really good. And then in Andy Cohen's clubhouse, it was Julianne Moore and Whoopi Goldberg giving us good couch. And Julianne Moore has just uh, she didn't announce it last night, but she they are taking Gloria Steinem's um, memoir, My Life on the Road. Right, that came out a couple of years ago, and she is going to play Gloria but, uh, Steinem in this movie. That's great casting. And Julie, that's great casting. It is Julie Tamar, who, of course, she did Lion King yes, on Broadway, yes. um, and she directed Frida and a couple other movies. She's going to direct the movie, and uh, oh, Julianne cool. Moore is going to star in it. Okay, so um, uh, we've got some. I've got four different audio cuts. Uh, here's. A conversation about the camel, the canceled Amazon project with Robert De Niro that was going to be produced by the Weinstein yes. Company. Hey, Andy, my question's for Julianne. Okay. Can you tell us anything about the Amazon project you're going to do with Robert De Niro? It's 
got, I mean, it got canceled because of the Weinstein mess, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What was it going to be? It was a big family drama. Lots of people. Bob and I played cousins. It was a really great project. But wow. yes, the the Weinstein uh, the, uh, issue, the buckle, and right. and, uh, and also another issue at Amazon. You yeah. know, everybody kind right. of walked away at torpedo. Wow. Yeah. You know, on that note, Lisa E from Denver had a question that I think is is good for both of you. She said, "Do you think this is finally the wake up call that Hollywood needs to get?" men out of their positions of power or to stop this from happening. Do you think that this this will really, really change things? It seems to me that it will. If there are repercussions, it will. Right? I think it will only change things when women decide that they don't want to take it. Right. That's, that's mm -hmm. what'll change it, when it becomes uh, something that you make it really tricky for guys to do yeah. or men to do or anybody who's coming on and messing with you you have to make it very very hard for them to do it and that's going to take that's going to be on us predominantly mm -hmm. i think why what isn't is it on guys yeah why isn't it on guys why does it have to be up to women that we have to make it tricky for them yes i get it about speaking up but, yeah uh that answer was a little on i was like oh wait a second why can't guys just Start Not, behaving better. Yes, yeah. exactly. Be, being professional. Why? Yeah. Why is it? Oh, did that strike you guys as yeah. odd a little bit? I think she should have, you know, had both. Said more. Both in yeah. the answer. Yeah, you know, guys, Whoopi clean up was, your act, and women. Whoopi sometimes don't be to speak though. Up. She gives short, clipped answers. Yes, she does. Yeah, she wants you to do some mind reading. Julianne Moore was fantastic. She had a pair of ankle boots that I had in fourth grade, but they were in a nice matte gold. It's the ankle boot, go-go boot with the low heel. Oh, how cute. I mean, oh, my oh gosh. yeah, I know exactly what I you're talking about. My, oh. You know, I wanted knee-high boots, and my dad said I was, in, like, I think I was in fourth grade, I couldn't, I was not allowed to wear knee-high boots. Oh, we had the, I had the white knee-high boots. Yeah, I could only the get an pattern. ankle boot. Oh, God, I love those. Oh, yeah, they're so mm -hmm. cute. But anyway, I love those boots. Okay, let's play uh, the next one. I think this is Whoopi talking about The View. Whoopi, this is an interesting one from Rodney B. He said, I love you, Whoopi, but he feels that you hold your tongue on The View and that you represent a lot of us viewers, and I feel that, that they want to hear you speak more. Well, I, I, I know you probably do, but you uh, don't want to really hear me speak more and know how much it's going to cost me if I say <laughs> a word you shouldn't say. But do you? But you do. But you don't. But do you I really hold your tongue? No, because, I don't hold yeah. my tongue. Okay. I just don't curse anybody out. Okay. Yeah, I think she's the voice of reason on the show. Yeah. Actually, when you go on, you know you can rely on her to be smart. I disagree sometimes with that. Yeah, I do Emily. too. I, I do I too. Feel like, I feel I Joy, Joy Bear is, is the voice of reason. Whoopi sometimes has some very outdated opinions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like the one she said, yes. it's up to women. Yeah, I feel like to yeah. make it be tricky for the guys to sexually harass yeah, us. Yeah, what does okay, that well, mean? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, yeah, she, anyway, so yeah, I don't know about that, but I do think Whoopi does hold her tongue sometimes and other times she doesn't at all. And mm -hmm. when she's really at a loss for words, she just goes, what the hell? <laughs> That's what right. she does. She does. Okay, here's uh, Julianne Moore getting asked about, remember Mark Walpole? All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. 
And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Berg said that he, of all the movie roles, he wishes God to forgive him for Boogie Nights. Here's what yeah. she has to say. Julia, we got an email from Andrew Ash. You must have read about this the other day. What did you think about Mark Wahlberg asking God for forgiveness for Boogie Nights and calling it a poor choice that he made in life? Oh, my God. I think he should thank God for Boogie Nights. Me too. his career. Yes. Yeah, my did, God, it's a great movie. He did you read that? It. I just saw it on yeah. my Twitter feed today. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised. Me yeah. too. Yeah, thank you, God, for Boogie Nights. Yeah. And of I mean, course, that's she just played what, Roller yes, Girl and he was Dirk Diggler. I don't right. understand why he's saying that. Maybe for his kids or maybe because he's I had, think he should express remorse about the fight he got in when he was 20 and blinded the Vietnamese guy that he jumped with another guy. They beat up somebody. This was, you know, before yeah. he was an actor and he was younger, but he blinded a guy. I mean, I guess if you're going to be talking out loud about things you'd I like guess, God to forgive you for, that would be better than Boogie Nights. Unless you just didn't want people to remember that, but by right. saying well, that's that, what I'm just saying. But by saying that, you know, it just reminds people who have a good mm-hmm. memory mm-hmm. that he was. I think he's trying Marky to erase Mark. his past because he took off all of his tattoos, and he's yeah. done. You know, he's got kids in the middle of. You know, probably between five and thirteen, maybe, and never. They're not going to see. I don't know. I don't know. It is a good movie. Let's uh, let's play the next one. I always love it when someone wants to know which um, movie project or TV thing or anything that you've done once you're successful. What haunts you? Well, that was both Julian Mm -hmm. and Whoopi. Okay. Okay. Which one project of yours haunts you the most? Oh, do you have a project from your life that haunts you? The a uh, 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 movie or a TV show or something that you're like, oh man, if yes. I could get what is mm-hmm. it? It's called T Rex. Really? It's about me and a talking dinosaur in yes. the 22nd century. I actually feel like we showed a clip of this with you, you have on show- once. Yes, because yes. yes, of course we're obsessed yes. with it. Do you have anything, Julian? Uh, yes, there was a movie that I made called Next um, with Nick Cage where I played an FBI agent who was tracking him everywhere. And I st- when I read the script, my character was like in a, in a suit in a control room watching him. And when I got when I got there, they gave me like a, like a, sw- a SWAT team outfit and I carried a big rifle everywhere I went. Wow. It was horrible. And that was, you know, and that was what Mark Wahlberg was saying. No, he was, he, his specific thing, I would ask God to forgive me for making Boogie Nights. Instead of regretting it. Yeah. Because of the content, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. You know who was in Next in 2007 besides Jessica Biel? Oh, really? Was in that movie, yeah. 2007 for that one. Yeah. That sounds like a horrible movie. I know. But Nick. Anything with Nicolas Cage in <laughs> yes, this but movie. But no, Nick. She yeah. called him Nick. Nick, Bob, Bob De Niro, yeah. Bobby. Those are, they're, yeah. they're in the in-cloud. Yeah. Shorten the name yeah. up. All right. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right oh, back. We're we have, so excited. We have William Kent Kruger joining us to talk about his new book. Oh. 
everybody, welcome back to My Talk 1071. We have William Kent Kruger with us. His latest uh, book in the Cork O'Connor series, I would call it that, is called Sulphur Springs. And uh, Kent, nice to have you in studio. Oh, it's and so good to be back again. Minnesota Thanks for having owns, me. St. Paul resident. <laughs> Used to write right. for years in the St. Clair Broiler. I don't think I ever waited on you when I worked there. When did you work there? Oh, forever. Okay, in high school. So, so let's let's not do dates because yeah. let's. But I I wrote there back from about 1985 until uh, into the 2000s. I worked there before you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that that's where you wrote your first novel? Yeah, my for like my first eight novels. Your first eight novels, and um, of course, the last time we had you in the studio, I can't believe it was for your. Uh, amazing book called uh, Ordinary Grace, which was a completely different novel, not a Cork O'Connor novel series, and we just love that book. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, and we It's keep, really my favorite, too. And we keep waiting for the movie news, the option. So do I. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just out in Hollywood in June with my wife uh, talking. I have this uh, hotshot agent out uh-huh. in Hollywood. Uh, they're they're uh, shopping around the Corco Connor series as a television series and Ordinary Grace as a movie project. And I could see Corco Connor because how many books? The Sulphur Springs is what number? Number sixteen. Number sixteen in the Corco Connor series, and um, really, I think an iconic, a great character. It, yeah, but let's let's have you kind of set up um, who Corco Connor yeah. is, and, and and like me, I haven't read all sixteen, and you can just jump in and jump out. Because each novel is a it great should, story. Right. It should stand by yeah, itself. Yeah, it does. But tell us a little bit about Cork and then and about this book, Sulphur Springs. Sure. Cork O'Connor is the former sheriff of the fictional Tamarack County, Minnesota, which is up in the great North Woods. Uh, he's a man of mixed heritage. He's part Irish-American and he's part Ojibwe uh, because of that mixture in his heritage. And, you know, largely because of the area in which I set my work. A lot of the stories that I write come from issues that rise out of the interface of those two cultures. And uh, and Cork then is a man with a foot in two different cultures. Cultures. Uh, so he finds himself often caught in um, difficult situations. He's not quite white enough for the whites or Ojibwe enough for the Ojibwe. Mm-hmm. And tell us about Sulphur Springs, because this is uh, really, I just thought I... It was I, so good. It was so good because it also it takes place outside of Minnesota, which seems like is new. You know, I've taken Cork out of Minnesota twice before. Okay. In so a he novel has a called, passport. <laughs> uh, Copper River and a novel called uh, Heaven's Keep. Um but I wanted, I had to take him out of uh, Minnesota, Arizona, because I wanted to talk about the border issue. I know. Uh, that was at the heart of the novel. <laughs> you know, you can't have him in Minnesota and talk about, about the border. The wild, yeah. So I had, to bring, I had to take him to southern Arizona, to the Sonoran Desert there. And it was a lot of fun because he's this fish out of water. He's a guy in a landscape he doesn't really understand. And a lot of the story deals with him having to embrace the spirit of this different place uh, before it kills him. The desert. Yeah. The desert. Yeah. Well, in, in just the comparison, I'm used to pine trees and here it's just dirt, you know, and I'm used to all your back and forth about being in northern Minnesota, or about being down there. But what was it about the border that it was it the political environment that made you want to write about the border or what was it that kind of was the genesis for this? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that it's such a political issue because I think it's really a human issue. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to give a human face to this issue that's so often talked 
about politically. So I went down there and, uh, you know, I interviewed uh, um, Border Patrol guys out, mm-hmm. out there while they were doing their jobs. So here's fun. I took my 11-year-old grandson with mm-hmm. me when I went down to do the interviews. And um, and so I went out into the desert. I was going to find these guys out there where they were doing their jobs and interview them. So anytime I saw, they're all over the place out there in the desert. So anytime I saw one of them parked alongside the road, I would pull over, I would get out, and I would head over to talk to these guys. Now, they weren't excited to see me coming. <laughs> but I had an 11-year-old boy with me. Right. It just made a huge difference. These guys ended up opening up to me remarkably. They told me what they do and how they do it. But most important, they told me how they feel about what they do. And I talked to people who live along the border mm-hmm. whose properties abut that wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to uh, um, folks who go out, volunteer to go out into the desert and leave water and food and blankets and clothing. And most important, shoes. Because so many of the women and children who are coming across the border now have walked hundreds, thousands of miles to get here, and their shoes are worn to nothing. I know, from Guatemala. I mean, yeah. that was, my goodness, that's the, the characters in this in this yep. book. Yeah, and also the whole thing that I don't know that people are that aware of, you know, are the, you know, the coyotes, the people there, they're good coyotes and bad coyotes as far as, like, you know, some because many people are fleeing their country because they would be killed or right. their or their family their has family been killed has and been they're going to get killed yeah yeah and so you've got good and bad people who try and help people across that's and right that that just was really you know eye opening part of this fictional novel about just the tragic things that can happen to people. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you have any situation in which people are in desperate need, there are going to be those dark spirits that prey on them. And you see that all the time along the border. Mm-hmm. And did so, you also talk to like DEA or did you, or was it just custom and border people? That's what your focus was? That and, uh, and local law local enforcement. Local law enforcement. But, you know, uh, before I went down and was doing my research, I was uh, investigating a, a lot of, combined task forces that they use DEA folks and they use Border Patrol Mm -hmm. and they use local law enforcement and ATF. And so you've got these amalgams of government entities who Mm -hmm. are trying to come together to do this. So I I wasn't able to interview them all, but enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was the one, I mean, you talked about the, it's a human issue. On, on the border, and you talked about the humanity. If you're just joining us, we're with William Kent Kruger. His latest book in the Cork O'Connor series is Sulphur Springs, and it takes place in the southern part of Arizona around the Mexican border. Did you, um, in talking to all these people, was there something about them that everyone had a commonality about how they felt about people on the border going in both directions? Confused. Mm-hmm. Um because it is a political issue, it's an economic issue, it's mm-hmm. a humanitarian issue, and uh, and it's so mixed up with policy and with uh, morality mm-hmm. and with and then the economics that that nobody had a clear idea of how we address this issue. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought we were screwing up right and left. Nobody knew how we were going to solve it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet. But I'm glad your story, like, you know, that it doesn't have any kind of a confusing ending as no. far as this particular one. And I have to say that for, um, I, you know, as a writer, I really love how, with the character of Cork O'Connor, how much he loves his wife mm-hmm. and how fierce he is with that love. And also, I, I really like how that, that whole tenderness and the romantic side of Cork. It's really refreshing. Well, this story really has cork front and center. It's, in large measure, it's the story of the dance that he and his new wife, Rainey, do mm-hmm. while they try to come to that place 
of trust that's really necessary in every long-term relationship, but trust is a difficult thing to come to when you know that secrets are being kept. And in this story, Cork understands that Rainey is keeping dark secrets mm -hmm. from him, and he's not quite sure how he should respond to yeah. that. Yeah, and you write in there how to, how people always have, how did you put it, you're being fed, it's about feeding the wolf? Yeah. That you can feed it love? Or how did yeah. you put it in the book? It's... It was, you know, it was, I, I got this story from uh, an Ojibwe elder many, okay. many years ago, and uh, and here it is. In every human being, there are always two wolves battling. One wolf is love, and one wolf is fear. If you ask the question, which of the wolves wins, the answer is the one you feed, always the one you feed. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a great piece of wisdom. It really is because we are living in a time where fear is the wolf that's being fed. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like by like so much it's stressing people out and you know, I think therapists are very busy and I mean it's it's very real the fear that's that's happening right now. It so permeates every day of our lives mm -hmm. now. Well, even with yesterday, I mean, the truck going down. Yeah, in, the, yeah. Lone, the yeah. lone wolf attack. Yeah. You know, it, the it lone really, wolf attack in Las Vegas. You right. know, I mean, how do you stop that? That yeah. is a very, that's a big fear that I people love you. have. But I did. The one which you feed. Yeah. I, I'm writing that down. We're trying to feed it. We're, let's <laughs> try and I'm feed our it wolf down. love. I know. But you used it also in the context of he was worried about well, what is happening with her. And he was starting to. He was giving into. He was concerned about giving into his fear. Fear, yeah. And so that's one of the things he battles. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Oh, it was I'm so such happy a good you liked book. it. And it. Uh, I figured it out maybe a couple pages before the end. <laughs> but I mean, it's yeah. so good. And you had so the many great characters and turns in and it. Solving the crime. And I am curious, like, um, if this were to be a TV show, I mean, do you have in your mind, have you cast anybody or does that? Who would be William Kent? I mean, not that's you. Uh, Cork O'Connor. Who would be Cork O'Connor? William Kent Kruger. Yeah. Is that right. gonna be you? <laughs> yeah. Is he going to show up for that? But it, you're just going to call him Kent. <laughs> yeah, right. Who right, would be right. Cork O'Connor? Do you know, I stopped playing that game you a did. long time ago. Matthew I've, McConaughey. You know, he would be just fine. That's who I just no, picked. No, because we want somebody who looks... Uh, more rugged? Oh, no, Nada. Nada, yeah, yeah. That would be able to... Look. Well, remember, Cork, Cork has doesn't. a significant Irish... Yes, he does. That's uh, right. Of so I guess we're... On the, how about Henry Malou? Malou. Am I saying his last name right? Henry Malou. You know, I've always seen an aged Graham Green. Yeah. Uh, oh, he would be great. I think so, too. I think yeah, so, too. He would be good because, you know, you always... I love how you describe him. You know, his face has got more lines than a dry cake mud bank. <laughs> That's right. That was excellent. Do you have... Are you working on your next book, Kent? Or? Finished. Oh, good. Number 17 in the Cork O'Connor series is finished. It's called Desolation Mountain. It'll be out this time next year. Is this just... You're you passionate about it? Are they easy to write? I mean, when you start getting an idea, do you work on the idea longer than you do writing the book up front, or how does you know how's easy the to write? Work? I never think about hard or easy. Mm -hmm. What I'm what I'm easy involved, is the wrong word, of course. Yeah, it's just that it's what I do and it's what I love to do. And mm -hmm. so when I'm working on it, I'm just involved in this passionate endeavor. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a little longer than uh, it takes me a little longer than the last time. It just depends on mm -hmm. everything. What do people always ask about Cork O'Connor when you're at your signing books and that kind of stuff? Or is it all over the place? Uh, the question I get most uh, often is, are you Cork O'Connor? Mm -hmm. or, is, or is Cork O'Connor you? you yeah. Know? So, yeah. And? Okay, so this is how I answer that one. <laughs> Cork O'Connor. O'Connor is an Irish name. Kruger is not Irish. 
Uh, Cork is Roman Catholic. I am Methodist. Cork has uh, significant Native heritage in his bloodline. I have none. Cork has a long experience in law enforcement. I spent a night in jail once. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> we're very different people. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to see you, Ken. We're so glad that you were able to come in studio. Absolutely. We're big, big fans. St. Paul, you of, know, Minnesota's own. Of your uh, writing. So, again, Sulphur Springs is the latest Cork O'Connor. And if you haven't read uh, New York Times bestselling book, Ordinary Grace, um, that is just an unbelievable book. Thank really you. Really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Great to see you. And we'll... We'll have you on, of course, next year for your next Oh, I, I would love to come. And thanks once again for having me. Absolutely. You are so welcome. All right, listen. Got a couple copies. Yes, 651-641-1071. And when we come back, we got some music news. Previously on Jason and Alexis. Stranger Things. Oh, it's just so good. Mm. I mean, everything. The music. Lex, you were saying uh, how great Winona Ryder is doing Those in this <laughs> season. Oh, you say, love her. The kid actors are fantastic. Winona, I still have the same problem like I did last season. Hashtag leave Winona. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I, I really, oh man. My husband, he, he doesn't feel that way either. He thought she was great. Yeah, hold, hold. <laughs> oh, no. I gotta go, guys. I, I gotta on. run. I talk on a 7-1. Oh, no. Oh, hi, Angel. Oh, you want some? You want to say something to Alexis? Okay. Ryan, can you put up line one, please? Angel has something he wants to say to his wife. The haters, back up, yo. <laughs> Thank you, Angel. Thank you. Bringing you everything entertainment. Jason and Alexis in the morning with producer Don on My Talk 1071. Lori and Julia here for Furniture Manor, and um, there's nothing like curling up with a great book. And um, chair I know, a great sofa. And you and I both love our Ekronis chairs that we got at Furniture Manor. They're the ergonomically correct chairs that just make you feel weightless, and you just cozy into them. With my good reading lamps, I got from Furniture Manor, my nice, cool yellow ones. I know, mm-hmm. and they have everything really that you're going to need. For to make your house home and express yourself, and they've got modern furniture. A lot of people are mixing real mod with traditional right now with some of the distressed woods and the nail heads and silver and gold kind of distressed. You are going to love shopping there. They listen to what you need. Um, they will not be undersold. They make luxury affordable at Furniture Manor. Tell them Lori and Julia sent you. They're just two miles north of 694 on Connie Road 81 in Osseo and online at FurnitureManor.com. Calling all business owners. Hey, everybody, it is Jace for AAA Movers. And here's the deal. For almost five years, you've heard me talk about how great AAA Movers is for personal moves. But business owners, today I'm talking to you. If you're getting ready for a business relocation, AAA Movers is the company to call. Why? Well, they're fast. They're super fast. I know that on a personal level, so I can only imagine how good they are for a business relocation. And the next thing, and you're gonna love this, there's no confusion. They're not gonna give you the runaround because AAA Movers will give you a single point of contact 
for your move. You're not going to call one day and get a George, and then the next day, call and get a Nancy. A single point of contact for your business relocation at AAA Movers. So write this down, 612-588-MOVE, 612-588-MOVE, or go to AAAMovers.com. Trust AAA Movers. You don't move every day, but they do. One size fits all has no place in your bedroom. Hi, I'm Christian Von Rickenbach, founder of Helix Sleep, and we know one mattress can't work for everyone. That's why we created the only mattress built for you. Go to helixsleep.com, take our two-minute sleep quiz, and we'll build your custom mattress and ship it to you for free. Try it for 100 nights, and if it's not the best sleep you've ever had, we'll pick it up and give you your money back. Go to helixsleep.com slash talk radio right now, and we'll give you $50 towards your custom mattress. That's helixsleep.com slash talk radio. Is your life dominated by food? Do you obsess over every calorie? Do you eat until you're uncomfortably full and then feel shame or guilt? These are warning signs of an eating disorder. Well, I sometimes chew gum and drink water to feel full. When I get home, I eat huge portions. <laughs> or everything in sight. Melrose Center heals eating disorders, including bulimia, anorexia, and binge eating. See the signs and start healing today. Visit MelroseHeals.com. That's MelroseHeals.com. The radio home of knowing the difference between a remake and a reboot. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Uh, thank you so much for playing Boogie Nights. Why are we playing that? Because Keith Wilder, the vocalist for the classic funk group Heat Wave, died on Sunday at no. the age of 65. So young. He had undisclosed health issues. His cousin and fellow I group member song. confirmed. Yeah, Boogie Nights. Boogie and um, he... Uh, He's from Dayton, Ohio, and he joined the group shortly after his brother found it in 1975, and they released their first album, Too Hot to Handle, in 1976, and they put out five albums through 1988, and their other big song, Always and Forever. I love love this song. song. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like a dance song from school dances. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, always love you. Oh, he had a beautiful voice. Oh my so gosh. My gosh. What's his name again? His name is Keith Wilder, and he oh. was the lead singer of Heat Wave. Heat, okay. Heat Wave, and uh, yeah, Boogie Nights uh, is the one that put him into fame, and they uh, got all the way to number two on the British. Music chart, <laughs> and I just want to. We were just had, we had William Kent Kruger mm-hmm. on for his latest book, Sulphur Springs, and he, we forgot to ask him what's the best novel that he just the read. last great book yeah. he read. Yeah, and he said The Beekeeper's Apprentice by Laurie R. King, mm-hmm. and she has a series, kind of a Sherlock Holmes type thing. So hmm. it was so wonderful seeing him. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Yeah, I my this book my, is so good, you guys. Yeah, it's really good. I, my dad loves the Virgil Flowers, Lucas Davenport. Yeah. Uh, do, Who's Virgil Flowers? Detective Flo- Stride, Lieutenant Stride, Ryan Freeman. Your dad oh, should read the books by James Lee Burke. Yeah, same. There's, a, there's Detective Dave Robichaux in New Orleans. He'd like those. Oh, Casey probably does read that one. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Virgil Flowers is uh, John Sanford. Yes, right. Okay. He was Lucas Davenport's partner. Oh, okay. So he spun him off. And, okay. Yeah, I mean, 17 Cork O'Connor. I mean, that's, that's good. And I always picture Aurora Hoyt Lakes. 
or Bowabic. Oh, Bowabic, Minnesota, where this where the setting is for this uh, reservation. Well, it's not the reservation, but the the town of uh, Tamarack is. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's just I kind of just picture it, Bowabic, Gilbert. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Walker. Too far up. All right, fine. Too far up. It's more Iron Range. You've read more. Yeah. I, I've, I can't even tell you how unstressed you, I was having do, this author on. Do you want a star? I, I read the book, people. <laughs> I read the book. Well, it's, you know, this is a, these are like enjoyable, easy books to read yes. as far as, you know, like last week, The Bunny Melon. I mean, that was 565 pages. And you're not really a biography Mm-mm. you know fan you like having an author on talking about someone's life but it's not like for, yeah. and it was small print oh it was so <laughs> it was so small it was so little cuz i thought our once a week books would stop after the summer cuz it usually does yes. but it hasn't people no, no. and we've got stopped. have you started the one for next week um the white color uh, with the blue writing oh yeah 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 mm. that 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 young adult book mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that guy yeah. is from here Oh, he, he is. He, I think he teaches at McAllister. And he, this is book that I can't remember the name of it. I can't even remember. Things you, uh, my daughter the read things it. You, she, she read it in two days. Yeah, yeah. She it's The a Things young, You Left Behind. It's a young like adult that, yeah. book that's just getting rave right. reviews. So and, I have to read it because he'll be in studio. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, do I don't know if he's going to be in studio. Yeah, he's probably so, going to just call in, but that. I think you can do it. I know. I, I started, I looked at it last night. <laughs> if you I'm have just time like, between dating and your mom um, and figuring out your TV. I know, literally. You're single, Julia. You're busy. I am so busy. <laughs> I don't know what your excuse was when all those years you were married, you were busy. <laughs> I was busy. I had my kids. kids the kids. And when I'm I was reading kidding. to them at night, I would fall asleep with them instead of going to read our books. Uh, hey, I just want to give a shout out. Chris Riemann Schneider tomorrow night uh, oh. is talking about his new book, First Avenue, Minnesota's Main Room at the Hennepin County Library, it's free, and the doors open at 6.15. The program begins at 7. That, and that's a great book. It's a great book. It is really good. Yep. First Avenue, Minnesota's main room. Okay, so speaking of sorry, news, The book is Things I'm Seeing Without You. Yeah, yes. that's yes. the book we're yes. having next week, the young adult novel. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Okay, so that. Lady Gaga and Christian Carino, It's Us Weekly is exclusively revealing it. Yes. But we don't have any... Um, announcement from anybody He's official. But nothing official from anybody. So. Oh, I saw it all. Yeah, you're right. But I, I kind of believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys have been going out for, I think, about a year now. And he's been with her. Um, he's her ten manager. Months. They've been together for 10 all right, months. He's her manager. Yep. He, he's known her for years. Mm-hmm. They always fall for the manager at one point. He used to date someone from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, they were spotted kissing ahead of her Super Bowl halftime show. Right. When and we in the movie, them. you know, five foot two, her movie. Yeah. She, he's in that a little bit. But he you is. don't see any romance. Really. Yeah. Well, she dressed up as uh, Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands she for Halloween. Excellent. And he was, um, I guess he was uh, the pirate. Johnny Depp. Oh, oh Pirates cool. of the Caribbean. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the pirate. He did. He literally sounds like Rhymes with. Well, they both are dressed up like Johnny Depp. She's doing Edward. She's giving him a little love. He's doing Captain Jack. Yes. Anyway. How is our Johnny Depp doing in his court cases? 
Well, he is okay. just low-key waiting for the uh, the Murder on the Orient Express press tour to happen. Okay, so that was the Parade Magazine this Sunday was all about the Murder on the Orient Express. Um, it looks so good. It does This look good. is one movie I'm excited to see, you know. That's a remake not, of. A remake of. Because yeah. I never remember seeing the first one with Vanessa Redgrave, Sean Connery was in it. I think it's been remade a couple times, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm, the one they were yeah, comparing so. it to was with Sean Connery and Vanessa Redgrave yeah, was in it. 70s. 70s? Yeah. yeah. 70s. 70s, yeah. really. It's a week from Saturday. It'll, a week from Friday. But it looks like opens. a good caper yeah. movie, you know, to yeah. figure it out and you don't know who did it. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's Agatha Christie, so she's yes. good. Mm-hmm. Tell me, have you ever read an Agatha Christie? Oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Little Indians. <laughs> I think we read that when we were young, didn't we? Remember A Thousand White Women? I'm changing gears completely. Oh, that book? That is an excellent book. I do remember that. That is a great book. Mm-hmm. If you're in the mood for a pioneer story, oh, pioneer my gosh, woman you story. yesterday didn't want to be a pioneer. That oh, no, I don't want to be. I love to read about them, but read I don't want to be. You don't want to be one, but that's an excellent book. No, and if you uh, just need to smile, Donnie posted Dave Grohl and Kristen Bell doing a Frozen Metallica mashup because she stopped by when he was hosting Jimmy Kimmel right. last night. So anyway, take a look at it. It was pretty good. Uh, we will be back. Donnie's making us you play a game.